Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. and we're recording. Let's do this. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Elisa here and you are listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. Today it is Wednesday, January the 6th, 2021. First episode of the year. Oh, that's powerful, isn't it? First episode. And whether you're a first time listener or you're what I like to call a seasoned, unfiltered loyalty member. I literally just made that up. I don't actually call you that. (laughs) But I I want to thank you for choosing this show to listen to in your pretty little ears. I'm also live on Instagram, so you might be looking at my face while I talk here. So today is actually another solo episode. You know, I've, I've really been enjoying coming on all by myself. I mean, I have, I've had so many, I have some great guests joining me this year on the show, but I've been loving the solo storytelling a lot these days. I feel like I have a lot to share and I've been having many, many personal breakthroughs mentally and emotionally lately that I just, I want to get out. So this episode is sort of one of those episodes that has been a long time coming long time coming. I've been brewing on and stewing on some topics, or should I say, yeah, it's not just one topic. It's a lot of topics for quite a while. And the other day I was having a really hard day. Like I completely was in meltdown city. Poor Michael, he didn't even know what to do. I was like bawling my eyes out and I was just thinking I was this epic failure and I was struggling with some business decisions that I had made and questioning my purpose and my life, right? We've all been there. Have we all been there? We've all been there. (laughs) So this is a big part of the show today. It's purpose. It's, I've also want to talk about my aloneness in the world of isolation right now and how aloneness has allowed me to create even more space to explore my feelings. And I'd like to explore the difference, or I should say the vibration, the difference between the vibration of aloneness and what aloneness holds versus loneliness and how I'm navigating that. So I wanna explore how the food I'm eating is contributing to my life negatively or positively because like, fuck, I have been having some breakthroughs in that department as well. Oh my God, I just swore. Sorry, yep, it's one of those episodes. We're gonna be swearing a little bit. I'm in that mood. I also wanna touch on how my thoughts have been landing on that word fulfillment a little bit as we navigate through all of this. It's fulfillment. It's coming so often, purpose and fulfillment, the the why and the how. So it's all part of 
the journey of self-discovery, right? And I want to share this process with you because one of my biggest discoveries is how difficult it is to trust the path when we go outside of the box. So trusting your path, trusting your path. This trust is almost like a moment of braveness, just one moment where we do things or start thinking. When we start thinking that the things that we have done or thought before are are not the things that we've been thinking, nor have we done these things before. But for some reason, we know this is where we need to go. I don't know if that just made sense. But trusting in the process or the direction that our minds, our souls, our insides want us to go. And 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 it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's like, is what I'm feeling for me? Or is what I'm feeling for someone else? How can I make and trust my own freaking rules? All right. So that's kind of the basis of, of this show today. However, I want to talk about my meltdowns this year a little bit first. Hi, everyone joining me on Instagram. What's up? I have meltdowns. My meltdowns can be loud. They can be quiet. They can be quite dramatic, to be honest. They look different. They feel different. And the reason I want to talk about them a little bit to start off the show is because I've been having these epic moments of awareness within my meltdowns. And I'm really beginning to understand the power of them and how conditioned I have been in my life to suck it up, all right? To bury, to hide, to not show my stubbornness, to not show my tears of frustration, and to not scream out when I'm angry. And I have been holding space within myself to witness and observe these emotional outbursts. Let's call them emotional outbursts, okay? So what does that mean to witness, to observe? It means that while I'm having a meltdown or a sudden release of energy, I am present in my mind and I'm watching myself behave wearing my pain, wearing my frustration and my hurt and watching the release of this pent up energy. I'm actually watching it happen almost like an outside look into what I'm doing. And therefore, what happens in this experience is I become conscious of my actions and I'm no longer in my automation. It actually gives me space. It gives me choice. It gives me the ability to see what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. It's quite a a marvelous thing. And I'm aware of my response while it is happening. Now, we all have pent up energy, don't we? And I usually let it out with some form of exercise. That's like my go-to is exercising. This is, it it feels amazing. You know, I I run fast. I do workouts. I move my body in a way that I can let out my aggression in what I like to call a healthy, positive way. Exercise is a beautiful release. It's a healthy and positive way to release that energy. But it's not the only way. So in 2020, I've last year, I discovered that it was the year of 
emotional crying complete meltdowns for Elisa. <laughs> and was it the year of the meltdown for you too? <laughs> I hope I am not completely alone in this. I know I'm not. This past year was like crazy awesome, but also crazy emotional for many reasons. Some are obvious and some are, are really not obvious at all. However, with my awareness practice, I have been able to appreciate this behavior in a way I have never been able to before. I have never even been able to consider before I began practicing awareness. So what has been happening is that these moments of emotional outbursts have also been a beautiful opportunity to go deeper into my knowing, into learning more about who I am and how I have been programmed to believe, to behave, and to be in this world. And yeah, it's not always about being on and about doing the work because it that is exhausting. <laughs> However, the more you practice, the more your awareness is there. It becomes easier to observe your conditioning and patterns of behavior and to learn from them if you choose to learn. I mean, you're a grown ass adult, you get to choose. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So let's go deeper because let's face it, when you see someone having a meltdown or you hear of it or see it on the headlines, like a lot of celebrities, their meltdowns are plastered everywhere. The first thing people do is they label it as some form of weakness, right? Now, I'm not referring to violence, all right? This is completely separate from that, or situations where people are hurting themselves or hurting others. If that happens, I think it's really important for you to get some help immediately, all right? I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about when we go back in time as a grown ass adult and we behave as a child and have a temper tantrum, a quote unquote temper tantrum, because that is ultimately what's happening in my life right now. I am having tantrums. <laughs> so think about that for a second. I actually have two scenarios for you, so bear with me. I mean, number one, if you're listening and you're a parent, what do you think or do when your child is having a tantrum? Like what is your go-to response when they are melting down? How do you nurture them? How do you behave? What are you teaching them? And the second little scenario to think about is whether you're a parent or not. When you see someone, a child most likely, sometimes it's an adult as well, someone who is not part of your family or within your bubble, what do you think or do when you see them having a tantrum? All right. What is your go-to thoughts? Weakness, misbehave, their parents must be shitty, whatever it is. What do you see? Do you have compassion? Can you hold space for that? Now, don't get me wrong. Tantrums are extremely frustrating. <laughs> oh my God. Especially to parents who have children who are exploding when they need to be, I don't know, at an important appointment in 10 minutes and they won't put their freaking shoes on, whatever the situation is. We all have our methods of dealing with, coping with, and handling tantrums from a parenting adult perspective. But what I have learned is that now that I am an adult, I literally have the same behavior as when I was a child. And I have 
No idea how to navigate that. I don't, I'm learn. I don't have the skills. I am learning the skills to deal with what is happening. I see it. I see it. I see my patterns. And the difference is that now I am witnessing it and I'm holding space for it and allowing that emotion to come up and be released and let it go. I'm letting it go and I'm standing in my integrity and I move on. I laugh about it. Like when I was a kid, I had no idea what was happening. And I learned that things only really get better if I kept going until I got what I wanted or I shut up. There was always a negotiation and that is not my parents' fault. Geez, they were doing their best. But in the meantime, I was learning survival skills and I have carried them into my adulthood. All right. It's a fact. However, I navigated having emotional meltdowns, whether they were justifiable or not justifiable. That is where my survival skills really um, developed in my life. Okay. So now with my awareness and my ability to see this as an adult, I am ultimately breaking that pattern and healing myself and giving myself permission to let it out. It has been amazing. I have been releasing and it's this healthy temper tantrum. I'm reconditioning myself and relearning how to, how to be okay and how to heal and, and, and experience and pull up emotion and hurt and pain. And I've done this more times in 2020 than I ever have in my entire life. And it's kind of like this like liberation. It's like, I, I'm, it's liberating. I feel that in this allowing, I'm tapping into my real strength, my real power. I am strong. I am not weak. This is not a weakness whatsoever. It's, it's necessary for my healing and in this path to really learning who I am. This is me becoming an adult and I'm 39 years old and I'm learning how I want to live my adult life through these experiences. It is, it is unbelievable because I now appreciate my meltdowns as part of the work to discover my purpose. And I know that I have the privilege of this release. It is a privilege to feel safe in my life and to allow myself those feelings and to let it go. I need to, I need, I, I don't, I no longer need to survive my emotional outbursts. I, I need to heal them. And I see that now. So I am really, this is, this has been a great year for me to see that. And I, and you know, like it starts with, with observing yourself one time and then it builds to two times. And then, you know, you give yourself permission to feel, and it's this, amazing opportunity in this amazing process because how conditioned are we to feel and to hold on to things forever 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 we bury things down and we feel them forever and they keep coming up and I, okay here's an example an example of this is to hold on to a grudge how many like this is a super random example but it's true to me, like how many people hold on to grudges? Do you have a grudge against anyone? I mean, I actually know several people in my life that have that hold the hardest grudges I've ever seen and they literally will not speak to family members or friends for years at a time. 
And there's no judgment. However, this is part of their conditioning. So how do you let go of that? Most of the time, some sort of expectation has to be met. An apology, an act of kindness from another part. Some sort of door needs to be open or like an olive branch <laughs> um, needs to be like given to the grudge holder to for them to let their guard down. There's no skills in there to to release that energy and let it go, right? But the grudge holder, what is happening is they're holding that negative, hurtful, you make me so angry energy for a reason. This is a survival skill that they have learned. Get it? Are you following me? So it doesn't mean that they can't fix it or heal it. it. That is their automatic response. That is what they know. And they hold on to that because that is what they learned when they were a child in the temper tantrum okay, phase of their lives. So another example of the story, I really like this story. I've said it many times is the zebra and the lion. So in the animal world, as we are animals, I guess, we're human beings, but we are living, breathing animals. And... In the animal kingdom, the zebra is prey to the lion. So there's this story of a zebra who is just with his family, grazing, eating the grass, and out jumps the lion. And the zebra begins to run. It runs for its life. It is being chased by a hungry lion. <laughs> and... The zebra does everything it can to escape. It jumps over rivers, rocks, whatever. And finally, it manages to escape the lion. Now, can you imagine how much energy is in that freaking zebra at the time? Like that is survival skills at like unconscious and conscious level. Like that is the most adrenaline and the most power that anyone will ever experience is like fear for their life, running for their lives. So what does the zebra do? The zebra goes back, finds its family, drinks water from a river, shakes it off, and continues to be a zebra. We as human beings hold on to that energy, whether it's as ex extreme as your as as running for your life and trauma or something little like not getting your way in a temper tantrum when you're a kid and we hold on to that energy forever for 50 years and it shapes who we become so we we have these experiences when we're young and we hold it and we bring it into our adulthood and we don't learn the skills to release that and let it go so we all have trauma in our lives and we are all holding on to it in one way or another and pushing it down and i'm discovering that the power is within me to release that shit through my little meltdowns and sometimes big and dramatic meltdowns <laughs> and i'm so grateful that michael is in my life to hold space for me while i'm melting down and oftentimes I'm alone and just melt down. I'm melting down on my runs. I'm, I'm learning that that release is such a positive experience for me in my life. And I've been noticing 
that a lot of that pent up energy is associated to what I spoke about earlier is that aloneness versus loneliness energy. It's this thing that is coming up over and over again. So I want to get into that because we are all experiencing a new level of, I don't know, what is it to you guys? Is it aloneness or is it loneliness? Because it's all a new level with this COVID thing, right? Switching, switching gears a little bit here, aloneness and loneliness has touched or impacted everyone somehow, right? And it's tough, even as an introvert, because believe it or not, I am extremely introverted. <laughs> I've had these moments of complete and utter uh, panic of being alone but also complete and utter gratefulness. And it's almost to the point that I feel like I'm thriving because I have so much less social expectation. But when I swing the other way, I, I feel this depression and this pain that's coming from somewhere inside of me. It's this deep sense of loneliness in the way I feel. And loneliness holds a very, very different vibration than being alone. Loneliness is, it's a difficult energy, isn't it? It's, there's a lot of discomfort in feeling lonely. Lonely isn't there. And if you're in that space, I fully, I'm with you. I feel you. I hear you. I see you. It is, it is, uh, I don't want to say that loneliness is part of the pendulum swing of life. I want to say that loneliness is almost a skill that we have developed. It's a lens that we see the world and it's impossible to even accept that, accept what I'm saying. I hope that that resonates with some people because if it does, if that if you see loneliness as a lens, then then how do I put this? I'm actually at a loss for words. If you see loneliness as a lens to which you see the world, then I really believe that that is the first step in your healing, okay? That you have, you're opening the door, you have a willingness to change your mindset or your perspective. And I'd like to offer some insight in that because that has been brewing. It's a subject that, like I said earlier, has been brewing in me for a while. But I do want to address one thing first, because the deepest, darkest times of my life that I have experienced loneliness was not in 2020. It was when I lived within um, a deep connection to codependency, when I believed in that I had to find a man to take care of me and get married and live happily ever after sort of codependent early childhood upbringing, right? So what is codependency? I mean, I really suggest to Google it, to research it, but for now I'll share one of my favorite teachers and I have the privilege to know this amazing human being personally. His name is Mark Groves. He is brilliant in the codependency world. And he says that codependence believe that love is selfless. It's endless helping and it's necessary for the relationship. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Codependents believe that love is selfless. 
it's endless helping and it's necessary for the relationship. Now, relationships, very, very interesting and fascinating topic, to be honest, for me, I love the concept of relationship. And I mean, I was most codependent in my early 20s when I got married and kept giving myself away for the sake of the relationship, right? And again, these are survival skills that I learned growing up. I learned to avoid myself and my worth and my truth and disguise it as love for other people. It was classic codependency. So so where I would... I would try and solve other people's problems. I would neglect myself to take care of my ex-husband. I would worry about his problems as if they were my own, okay? And that energy, oh my God, I kept pulling it in. And I would help people and martyr myself when I wasn't even in a position to do that. Like I was really suffering, but I, I was disguising it as this is what love is. This is true love, right? And it was when I lived in a constant state of self-abandonment and disguised it as, as love that I felt the deepest loneliness in my life. So I needed, I needed to preface this whole thing with that, okay? Because my awareness practice over the years has helped me to heal and break free from that codependent behavior, uh, that codependency, and learn that to love someone is not to change them. It's not to sacrifice myself to show love for someone else. It's to accept them and that in so many ways, love is in the accepting. It's in the accepting. Uh, and it was, it was in the accepting and honoring myself that I saw the toxic people I was keeping in my life to fulfill that codependent survival skill that I had. And let me tell you, it's a process to break free. And to really understand what love is and what self-love is and how my relationship to myself was so um, against my belief system. To love myself was so against my belief. I had to love everyone else first before I loved myself. That it it was a real process. And I, I, I still have the urge after all of these years to call in toxic people into my life especially when I feel lonely because attention, negative or positive attention is attention, right? And that's going to fuel or help my loneliness is to pull in these negative people. So again, I wanted to preface loneliness with codependency because codependency is a survival skill. It's a skill. And guess what? We can learn new skills to break free from that horrible feeling of loneliness. So I wanted to, I want to address loneliness because addressing it is not how, it's not how we connect to other people. It's how we connect to ourselves. Do we believe we have value? Do we believe we have worth? What roadblocks have we literally put in front of ourselves to keep us in that cycle of abandonment, of loneliness, of going back to that unworthy comfort zone? Hmm. Interesting. And I'm asking this because of the global break, the global isolation, and how deeply lonely so many of us have become or how this feeling of loneliness has really come to the surface as our codependent skills are being tested 
right? And we are learning how to survive in a different way. So when we change the lens from connecting to others to connecting to ourselves, we can shift that energy and ultimately thrive in our times of what I like to call aloneness. So this is how I've been thriving because I'm freaking thriving in my aloneness. Yes, the pendulum swing of life happens. Yes, I do have some dark times, but there are things that I am doing and I'm gonna tell you what they are. So the first one is I'm holding space for my meltdowns (laughs) and I'm observing and learning more about where that pain is coming from. I laugh because it's funny. Like, it's actually funny. I'm like melting down, I'm in pain, I'm sad, and I'm watching myself go through this and just holding space, holding space. Number two is I'm holding space to be of of service to others. Being of service to others, it's this, and, and to be of service is, is not coming from a place that I need to change them. It is in the reaching out. How many times have you been suffering and just written your best friend a text? How are you? How are you doing? You've picked up the phone and called someone. How are you feeling? And then letting them talk and express without interruption. It is in the holding space for people I love in my life to talk and vent and release and melt down for themselves and just being there to do that. Because being there holds a completely different vibration than being there to fix or to offer a solution or to be the devil's advocate, right? Or whatever your conditioned response is when someone vents. When someone vents you, you're like, are you the type of person that's like, oh my God, I need to tell them all the things I know to help them right now because they're in pain and I need to help them. What if you just let them vent and if that there's a burning need to say, ask permission. Can I offer you advice? Are you looking for advice right now or do you just need this space to release? All right? <laughs> the third thing is that I've been doing that is really helping me thrive in my aloneness is developing rituals and routines in my life that I enjoy that I enjoy. And this is where I am truly thriving. And I've, I've never in my life enjoyed my own company as much as I do now. Like 2020 has really helped me in that area of, of rediscovering who I am. And, and it, it, I find it as a gift in this space of aloneness. I'm practicing things I love to do. You know, fitness, cooking, reading, creating, loving my body loving my thoughts and ultimately accepting myself at new levels. So I've developed rituals that I love. I've started to develop a strong and healthy relationship to myself. I'm putting my relationship to myself first in this space of aloneness. Now our mental and emotional survival as adults depends on us healing our relationship to ourselves. Loneliness is literally a state of mind that we've learned. And yes, you can go into the scientific hormones and brain functions and depression and anxiety, and that is all a thing. 
That is all a thing. And those are real things that happen. However, we can, we can change and shift that lens if there is a willingness. All right. So we've learned to associate discomfort with failure and unworthiness and lack that leads to anxiety and depression and blah, as opposed to instead of an opportunity to love ourselves at a deeper level or even just look within and, and see how we're treating ourselves, see what that overall umbrella, what bubble we're living in, see what we believe, see what we do. So that leads me to my last point here is I don't wanna to spend too much time talking about food. I did mention it at the beginning of the show because I've been having these like incredible uh, breakthroughs with my relationship to food, right? And my, my relationship to food has been such a rocky road that has caused so much anxiety and depression and loneliness, emotional eating, um, all those emotional meltdowns and this like really horrible, 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 uh, feeling inside of my body, my fat phobia, my, my high performance brain, my discipline, just like brewing and creating this incredible spiral of, of, of negative negativity towards food. I swing so hard. It's so polarized. I've learned to polarize my relationship to food and but I think it's it's so, so, so powerful to pay attention to that relationship, to the relationship that we have with what we are consuming as a broad statement, but to be more specific, what we are consuming as nourishment for our bodies and for our minds. Because what I eat can keep me in a space of mediocrity. I heard someone say that recently, that what they eat can keep them in a space of mediocrity. And it's not like, I, know, I, I just made an incredible post on Instagram not too long ago about how we are addicted to self-improvement. The world is like, be better. It's like this hero mentality that everyone has to be either working at being better and stuffing down the things and forgetting about and letting go of all the hard stuff. It's like, no, there is a place, in my opinion, for mediocrity in our lives. However, the choices that we make can keep us in that, you know, medium. And I can, people live their whole lives in mediocrity. Or I can pay attention to the foods that hold me down versus give me energy and positive vibrations. Does that make sense? Because what I eat can and does 100% affect the way I think, I behave, I act, I respond, I sleep. It, it affects almost everything. Basically everything. It's, it's everything. <laughs> and... This is not meant to be a diet culture rambling. Not at all. Stay with me. I can eat whatever I want whenever I want it. I do now in the in this phase of my life allow all foods. I get it. I get it. 
Yet in this process, I had to observe how eating is affecting my well-being. And breaking that restrictive diet to binge cycle has been incredible for me. The whole process is, is quite honestly the most powerful area of living intuitively that I have undertaken in my life. I My conditioning to diet culture, diet culture methods, that belief that I am more worthy when I'm thinner and that I need to eat like a bird to be worthy, <laughs> that cycle to break it has been so powerful for me. Food affects me. And I am a grown ass woman. I am a fucking adult. <laughs> and like for the first time in my life, I am discovering that I get to choose the way I live. I get to choose what I eat. You know what? What I eat has absolutely nothing to do with you or with anyone in my life. You know, I am no longer a kid who only eats what's given to me. I get to choose. I have the privilege to buy food. Yes, I understand that's a privilege that I'm so unbelievably grateful for now. I can actually hold space to be grateful for that privilege to eat and buy whatever food I want. And guess what? I freaking eat it. And that is that. That is powerful. And it might sound silly to some of you, but this realization and practice, because it is a practice, is absolving me of all the food rules I've created and how many and my relationship to food and how my rules have equaled my worth. I've talked about this before how food used to be a moral issue for me. So when I ate something bad, bad food made me a bad person. Good food made me a good person. That is diet culture and that is a that is bullshit. <laughs> I in my body can feel how food affects me and I get to choose. I was talking to a friend actually on Instagram not too long ago and she was like, I ate it, I knew I was gonna eat it, I knew I was gonna feel like shit, but guess what, that was my choice and I can suffer the consequences of that. And I was like, how interesting, how interesting a perspective just to have choice. And you know what, yeah, I can eat dairy and I can eat gluten and I can suffer a little bit. And I can stay in that lower vibration for as long as I want. If that food means that much to me, I can eat it. That's my choice. And now as I improve my relationship and I'm having these meltdowns and I'm, and I'm sitting in the space of aloneness, I can see that I'm giving myself the space and energy to feel that and make decisions. And I'm rediscovering for myself because, because not because someone told me to or because eating a certain way is going to make me skinny or not fat or better or whatever diet culture spell I used to fall under. I am discovering the balance for myself, how food affects my life. Food also holds vibration and I'm becoming more and more aware of this. What vibration is my body feeling right now and how am I contributing to that or changing that or consciously um putting myself in a position to be in alignment with who I am. And I think I, I think I want to leave it there for now. I realize this is kind of like a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, but I think I need to do an entire episode dedicated to food. Another, another episode dedicated to food. I get a lot of food questions on Instagram and I, I about worth and about feeling fat and disgusting and self-image and all of that stuff. 
I, I will, I promise I will do another episode, an updated episode dedicated to food and our conditioned relationship to it. Cool? <laughs> There's just so much power in our choice and how, how much distrust in our conditioning to make those choices for ourselves. We have so much distrust and the guilt and pain that we assume will occur for others in our lives if and when we choose to put ourselves first. So how fabulous is it to have someone in your ears right now <laughs> telling you that it's freaking scary, but the more you step into your journey and follow those, the, the voice that does not speak in words, follow that feeling, follow your path and not the path that you were taught. All right. Not listening to people who you've been conditioned to believe knows better than you. And you start to make decisions and do things for yourself. How powerful is that? I'm telling you right now, you are a grown ass adult and you can make your own choices. Where regardless of the outcome of those choices, that is okay. The, like we were, this is how you learn who you are. This is how you learn who you are now. Okay. okay. I was not going to talk about this because it's not a hundred percent ready. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the tone and the flow of this podcast right now is just so fucking epically on point with what I'm putting together that I need to say it. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> no, sorry, not sorry. Um, I just need to get it out. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it was released, which is Wednesday, January the 6th, 2021, then this opportunity is going to be a sneak peek. So everyone watching on Instagram right now, this is a sneak peek to what I've been working on. And I'm hoping to get everything set up and ready for you to get all the information this Friday, January the 8th. At the latest, it will be up on Saturday. So the sneak peek is literally like 48 hours away. I'm, I'm basically 48 hours away from launching an incredible opportunity that is accessible and affordable for everyone. And I'm so freaking exciting. So what the hell am I talking about? Okay, I wanna give you an exclusive opportunity to take advantage of my years of experience and learning and trial and error and burnout and instead learn how to build build this trust in yourself build confidence body positive body image and love and respect in a in a self-care ritual the right way all right so I've created a program that includes all of the movement, meditations, intention setting, and of course, mindfulness that I practice daily in order to create that space, that connection, and the love for myself that I am oh so worthy of, plus some daily exercises to build confidence and strength in my body. I want this for you. This is what I want for you. So I'm so beginning on Friday, January 8th. I'm crossing both my fingers right now that it's ready for that. It will be available. And oh my God, I can't believe I'm finally saying this out loud because this has also been brewing for a long time. My new totally epic program, it, it begins on February the 1st and it's called The Vow. The Vow. It's your vow. It's 21 days of self-care. So this is The Vow 
that I have made for myself and I am putting it out there for you. So we're gonna roll up our sleeves together and take it step by step. We're gonna, I'm gonna show you how to package up a new routine, a new mental state of being. I'm gonna shake up your day so that you can take your self-care and awareness to the next level, commit and finish something fabulous and feel confident, beautiful and worthy in your life. Cause that's, that's the whole thing. You are beautiful, you are worthy and you matter. Plus I've teamed up with my friends at Ritual by Pure, which is Ottawa's, how do we, how do I explain it? It's Ottawa's newest and most powerful intention setting workouts. It's kind of like plyometrics. I do it often. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I, I do the ritual um, often. I've partnered with them to bring you online workouts right to your living room. This opportunity is only gonna be available for a very short period of time, so make sure that you stay tuned for all of the information that is coming. Oh my God, it's being released in a couple of days. So excited, it starts February 1st. I will eventually have the link to this in my show notes, but the link is going to be in my Instagram bio. If you're on my email list, you're gonna get your heads up for this. I can't wait to share all the details with you once the program begins. And together we are going to build a healthy self-care practice that nourishes your body, your mind, and your soul without shame or guilt. How exciting is that? <laughs> My point is, and why I just wanted to blur all of that out right now, is you are not alone. You are allowed to melt down. You are allowed to make your own choices. You are allowed to break free. You are allowed to move and shake and get out of your comfort zone and be mentally and physically challenged at times and learn about yourself and of course have fun and this is an opportunity to do that with everyone in this epic Elisa Unfiltered community. That is you, that is you watching, that is you listening today. I love this community. So keep your eyes peeled on all things The Vow, 21 days of self-care and join me February 1st, okay? Okay. <sighs> that felt so good. That felt so good to say finally out loud. So thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, that's all I have for today. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in for another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at, at Elisa Curry Lewitz. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>